Hi, this is Normie from Knuckleballer Radio and Zombie Cast, and you're listening to one of my favorite shows on the Geeky Antics Network. Don't forget to check out the rest of the gang over at geekyantics.net. Warning, there might be rants and food ahead and possibly inappropriate behavior. Don't tell anybody, though. Gamers, furries, and ninja robots, this is Horseplay Live. Today is March 16th, and this is episode 170 of Horseplay, tentatively titled, and I say very tentatively, Unicorn Poopies Beyond the Games. We're running on a skeleton crew tonight, so some quick introductions. I'm your bald bear lizard host, Yogizilla, and uh, we have assembled uh, a, a small motley crew, a, a pair, a duo, if you will. We're going to do what we usually do on the show. We're going to discuss all things geeky, go off on crazy tangents. But tonight's an extra bonus. We're going to have my cat meowing in the background because we got a... Uh, most of our animals are fixed, but she's the one we haven't fixed yet because, uh, you know, putting off things. That's that's part of being an adult, just uh, procrastinating. <laughs> so she's just singing in the background. It doesn't bother me, but it doesn't bother some people. So, you know, you're not going crazy if you hear random meowing in the background. And if I let her out of the man cave, eventually she's going to come back in, try to paw at the door, and then walk back in, and then you, know, you go through this whole, like, musical chairs thing. Mm-hmm. But folks, if you're new to the show, we're doing this show live on Twitch.tv slash Geeky Antics, and you can join us every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, and 4 a.m. GMT if my uh, conversions are proper. And then we're switching the scene here. You can see I have a bald head. Yeah, I'm back to being somewhat clean cut, but I kept the beard. I did trim it a bit, be more presentable, more corporate. Because uh, if you guys have been following along, uh, I am uh, I- I'm being considered for a huge opportunity in corporate America, and I'm still doing the freelance work, but uh, I need something a little more stable, support my family, and uh, prepare for the future, and uh, reinvest in the EKS network. So. Cross your fingers for me, say a little prayer, or sacrifice whatever animals, whatever you believe in, uh, you know, we appreciate the support. And uh, also, I want to mention that earlier in the day on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, more or less, allgames.com plays horseplay replay. Uh, yeah, there are reruns, so you could uh, catch last week's episode and then uh, prepare for horseplay the same day. That's horse- the horseplay live episode. Yeah, yeah. So, let's introduce our other host. The man himself. The other man with the beard, but he has a hat. Mr. Beard and Hat. What's up, bro? Yo, not much. Been a quiet week. Quiet? Really? Quiet. Yeah, it's been kind of quiet. It's been nice. Man, I'm envious. Today, uh, I got asked a the most loaded question possible. And I'm, you know, we've been talking, we've been talking, and you know, I'm in the final stages of an interview process, a very thorough interview process. And one of the questions that I asked today, again, it's very loaded, is, do you get bored easily? That's, how? Would you- yeah, that, that's pretty. That's loaded, right? It's definitely got some uh, some implications underneath it, but yeah. Yeah, like, how do you approach that kind of question? I'll let you think about that a little bit, unless you want to answer now. See, my response would be. It's situation-based. Mm. If I'm not being mentally engaged, yes, I'm going to get bored 
pretty easily and start spacing out and going elsewhere. Yeah. But, you know, also, in IT, you know, everybody thinks about the sexy aspect of technology, right? But in pretty much every asset of IT, particularly if you're doing support, administration, programming, your every your typical day is about tackling mund- the mundane. It's not about innovating. It's not about strategic planning or doing sexy things. It's about mastering the mundane. And yeah, or waiting for something to break. Yeah, yeah. And then when something does break, it's usually a, something that happens often, right? Like, how many, how often would you say you encounter a brand new problem that you haven't seen before? Uh, now that I've been at my job three years, I'd say, I'd say at least once a month now I'll see something, something new. So, once a month, you work, you know, five days a week. You know, the typical person works five days a week. Well, in IT, I think it could be seven days a week, depending how often you're on call. Let's just say five days a week. Yeah. And let's say you handle 10 to 20 tickets, so 15 tickets on average. So that's 75 tickets uh, a week, all right? These are modest numbers here. Uh, 150 in two-week periods, 300 in a month. One out of 300, right? What percentage is that? That's less than 1%. Right? The math wrong? Yeah. Yeah, man. Math is about right. That'd yeah. be one third of a percent. So, about 0.33% of the time you encounter something brand new where you're like, oh, that's that's new. So, you know. The rest of the time it's about maximizing the efficiency of clearing out the other issues. Exactly. exactly. It's like, so I can do this, or I can do it faster. Find do the max power way. Yeah, more efficient ways to resolve issues or. Better yet, you know, people love hearing this if you actually back it up. Root cause analysis. Get to the heart of the problem so you fix it once and for all rather than putting band-aids, you know? Because firefighting ain't fun. That's the least sexy part of IT is like, things keep breaking, but why? Oh, that's why. Because this thing that everything depends on keeps breaking and causes a chain reaction. Ah, okay. Let me fix that instead. So, you know, if an, if you get, if you're in an interview, folks, a little career advice, we've been, we've been doing this a few times now. Might, get, might have this more often because it's the mindset a few of us are in now. But uh, if you get asked, do you get bored easily? They're trying to find out if you are a self-starter, if you stay motivated, task-oriented, you know. It, basically, you have an internal sense of purpose rather than having to be entertained and challenged constantly. Um, and basically what they're trying to get at is, are you going to be reliable and is it, is it, is it worth it for the company to invest in you? They want to know that you're going to stick around and not just jump ship when stuff gets too boring or whatever. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff. That's or are you just going to sit there? Or are you just going to sit there and fuck around instead of actually doing your job? Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. It's like procrastinating. It's like, I really don't want to bother with this. It's so boring. Yeah. Oh. Loaded question. And he, what they were getting at is like, okay, so how can I answer that succinctly, but also not sound like I had a canned response? Because, you know, I saw that one coming. Like, whenever I go into an interview or negotiating a contract, you know, doing meeting greets, I always, like, do mock interviews, and I come up with, like, the most typical questions people will ask, and the curveballs that they think are curveballs, like, nah, I saw a mile away. But how do I answer it in a way that, you know, resonates with you? That's the tricky part. But anyway, uh... How do I make myself look good? Yeah. You have to make yourself look you're, good, but believable. Like, you don't want to oversell yeah. it, right? Cause, uh, no, you, have to, you have to oversell. Yeah, you think so? I'd rather undersell and over-deliver. The thing is, everyone's using that mindset at this point. Yeah, you suppose you're right. I mean, you have you to gotta, oversell you it. Come in. You have to oversell it enough to, to get your foot in the door. How about that? Yeah? You can't make yourself out to be, like, 
some god gene messiah, but you have to you have to sell yourself to the point where they're not going to look at you like, oh, it's either oh, it's false modesty. He's just kind of being a smug prick. <laughs> yeah, you or can't this guy's win. completely inept. Yeah, yeah, you can't freaking win. Yeah, if you're too modest. So if you can't win, so if you can't win, you might as well come out guns blazing. Yeah. Well, the Don't flip be side. Subtle. The flip side of that though is like everything you mentioned, even in passing. If you have a very detailed, uh, detailed resume, you have maybe letters of recommendation that build you up to be a god. Be ready to back up everything because you think that you can just slip it in there and they'll be like, "All right, cool, we'll take your word for it." Nope. No, they'll ask you and. Uh, I was talking about before the this whole top grading process that a lot of companies are adopting. What the main one of the main things they do is ask you the same question at different points through the interview process at on different days, at different times with different people, but they ask it in such a different way that they can see inconsistencies in your answer and start picking them out and it's they have it down to a science, you know. Yeah, it's psychological warfare. I mean Oh yeah. Interviewing. Yeah interviewing is it's scary you're basically being, being put in front of a firing squad and no matter how confident you are and how often you you, you do interviews it's never the the, the, the most pleasant of, of processes <laughs> i miss the old uh days of the dot-com booms you know where every company was throwing money at technology people and like literally like once you got past the screening that past the gatekeepers it was basically when you got to like the second interview third if they needed if they had more candidates but it was typically the second interview it's pretty much just formality hey here get to know the people these are facilities all right so when can you start done you know what i mean now it's like let's draw this out for several weeks or months and then we'll, we'll get back to you <laughs> that's because there's a endless sea of people with it experience yeah yeah uh, that's that's really the big reason that i started getting away from the core competencies of IT and doing other kind of stuff so people could see that I have the operational knowledge and leadership skills, more of the business processes, and I bring that into it. Like, I've been doing a lot of education stuff as well, curriculum development, corporate training, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, knowledge management. So then I come back into the more, you know, break-fix stuff, the more traditional IT stuff, where it's more tactical than strategic and they're like ooh but you have this knowledge as well and you're bringing that value to the table so oh yeah the more you know <clears throat> sorry the more the more knowledge you have the better yep but it's never gonna hurt you at all make yourself indispensable right yeah get yourself into a point where you are uh, where your knowledge is yeah indispensable until you get to the point where like the company I work at was where in order to upgrade some of the systems, they had to fire the people that ran them. <laughs> oh, some of Chris these systems in the were, house. Some of these systems were old, dude. I'm talking like 15, 20 years out of date. Oh, yeah. Those are the most fun, like, the most fun upgrades. Oh. <laughs> let me tell you the, the jump that it went from. They went from having storage directly to tape Oof. to cloud storage. That's a huge jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tapes still have their place, you know. But they're up to, I think Sony, I think it's Sony that makes the LTO tapes. And they're up to LTO 7. And I think 8 is coming soon. Or maybe 8's out and 9's coming soon. Maybe something like that. These were LTO 2's. Nah, dude, it's all about the DLTs and the DAT tapes, yo. <laughs> 
about this tape. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. Sorry. How about mini disc? Yeah, this is that. <laughs> that's a Sony. That's a Japanese Sony, by the way. For those that didn't catch it. Uh, what about the uh, what about the uh, the zip drives? Oh my God, zip and jazz, man! Zip and jazz drives. That was like groundbreaking. Like holy shit! It's like I don't have to have like a kajillion floppy disks laying around now anymore. Like one zip is a hundred megs, and then the border jazz a gig. I think it was half. I think it might have been. A, I think it might have been a half gig. But as soon as that happened. It was like a matter of months before USB flash drives came into existence. Well, I- iOmega had about two year, two to three years of really ruling the roost, and then by then USB technology had come along so far that and solid state that yeah. But really, if you think about it, like the large format flash hasn't really caught on until like the last five, seven years or so. So. Before it was like you had to deal with shitty stuff like compact flash. Ugh, what a shitty format! I hated compact flash. They failed so often. Those were the the only place you see those are in cameras now. Yeah. Oh god. The only place I really see them. I can't believe they still put those on cameras. Like why? Because I think it's the right speed. I think the right speed is still so much higher than uh, just the regular standard SDs. I might be wrong, but. I- yeah, because uh, now they have the SDXCs, and they have, like, the Class 3 ones that have, like, super fast uh, write speeds. You could tell those are, like, you know, they call them Ultra or whatever, because you could tell those are the higher-end ones, because they'll be, like, two or three times the price. So... Yeah, those are the ones you'll stick in your GoPro, and then, uh... Chris is saying the same thing that, uh, Compact Flash cards... Uh, compact Flash, yeah. ...constantly as a photographer... I mean, I know they still have a place in photography. I just don't like the format. They've gotten better, I, I know, but the initial compact flash cards were completely unreliable. They, they failed so much, and you put it next to a microwave or fart next to it, and then it wipes it. Like, yay! A war child saying something. Okay, his wife uh, is, a, is bad at time management and is cutting into his into his me time. You understand, bro? Of course. That <laughs> Cool. Chris says, you're still doing unicorn poopies. It's April already. Yeah, I know. You know, that part of it, you know, we've got it to deep discussion. And you were doing like, it hasn't been like 100% unicorn poopies. It's been like maybe, you know, anywhere from like 50% at most. To, but usually like 10 to 20% of the show will be unicorn poopies. So we've been, we've been stretching it out. You know, you know that's how we do it. And Chris says they, they hold the raw files more cleanly. Um, they, yeah, they're still temperamental as hell. Yeah, I know that it, um, they have a, a better cluster, you know, architecture and, and all that stuff. and So that they have a better seek rate and stuff and, and transfer rate, but I don't know. I don't know the rest of your message. Uh, oh, he's, uh, oh, he said, you realize we are almost to April, right? And I've had to read that part. But then again, I would listen to the poopies all year long. Yay! See? That makes one of us. Oh! Don't be like that, Taylor. <laughs> you break my heart when you talk like That's, that. Look, Obi's not here. I gotta, yeah, I gotta keep that waiting. banner going. <laughs> so you're our new salty dog? Is that what it is? Watch Obi. That's what everybody seems to think of me. No, I don't think you're as bad as Obi. <laughs> He's in a class of his own. <laughs> oh man. So um, some other IRL stuff. Um, well, yeah. Before we move on to the next banter point, uh. So your week's been quiet. Anything else you want to report in? Any anecdotes you want to share? 
yeah. No, after after a week and a half of being laid up, going back to the gym was fun. Mm. Congrats on the recovery. I know you were miserable. Man. Yeah, I'm feeling... Oh, I'm almost back to full health. Still got a little bit of uh, eye irritation, but yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's been... I needed something a little bit more low-key and non-hospital visiting this week, so... Now, do you... Wasn't bad. Have you had to use anything topical for, like, the aftermath, or has it pretty much sorted itself out? Sorted itself out. It's just a matter of letting it all just dry out, and hopefully it doesn't scar up that bad. Do you remember when, like, chicken pox started making a big comeback, like, in the late 80s? I felt like every other person was getting it, and people were blowing it way out of proportion. (laughs) Remember? It's like, no, yeah, That's when... That's when I had chicken pox. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I was... Dude, I was born in 86. I think I got uh, chicken pox in the late 80s myself. That's, and that's one of those yeah. diseases, if you get it once, you can't get it again, right? Is, is that one of those? You depends it? on how... Well, yeah, it depends on how uh, how bad you get it. But once you get it once, you're good. But then, once you get it once, you then have the potential for shingles. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they also say the later in life you get chicken pox, the worse it is, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it nearly it nearly killed my father-in-law, oh, or at least Jesus. laid him up for a while. Gave him, he had chicken pox, I think he was like 20, 23? Yeah. <laughs> Chris called it a chicken, chicken. herpes. <laughs> but that's essentially what it is. It's, uh, I think it's called like Zorister herpes or something like that. Yeah, like chicken pox makes it sound a lot more pleasant than what it really is. Like... And the closest thing I can say, it's like poison ivy with a vendetta times ten. It's it's all body. It's it's total body herpes. Oh, God, it's so bad. It uh, yeah. it, it makes you feel like sci-fi settings where you always see like those creatures that have, have boils all over their body. You're like, ugh, what is that thing? And you're like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't even want to get close to that guy. <laughs> it's like leprosy ultralight. Yeah, there you go, leprosy. Oof. Not a good time. Not a good time at all. But moving on to more pleasant, uh, more pleasant topics. Have you seen this app called EverDrive? Yeah. EverDrive. No. Um, yeah. So check this out. It's an app, and I haven't really gotten to play with it much myself. But from what I've seen in the demos, and for some reason it's popping up a lot more in my feeds. It um, it's a I gotta say a competitive driving benchmark app. So what it does is it, it lets you compete with your friends and family to, su- to see who's the better driver. And it takes advantage of your acceler- accelerometer, your, your gyros, and all the shit inside of your phone to kind of get a feel for how good of a driver you are. And obviously use a GPS as well. And uh, it looks uh, at different areas and it gives you a star rating. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing now. <laughs> it looks like well, there was a promotion that ended uh, last year. Website's a little out of date. Doesn't surprise me. But yeah, this looks uh, that's that's interesting. That it, now, how much of that information is thus is then going to be used by local law enforcement to find assholes? Right. Who are, so that's the potential risk, right? All that data mining going on, like oh, insurance yeah. companies can start using that to determine who who are the high risk drivers and, and increase premiums and all and kinds. Of you stuff. know what? I would. 100% be okay with them doing that. Oh, yeah, they like, monitor your they monitor your regular everyday driving for a year and adjust your premiums accordingly. If you're a good driver, you get a uh, discount on it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah I, Would you opt in 
to have one of those devices they have to track your your driving habits? Because they have those too. That's been out for a while. My initial thought is, why would I give someone my constant location at all times? <laughs> and then I looked over at my cell phone and went, oh, you can't make that argument. Or if you're an Easy Pass user or have something equivalent to that, it's the same thing. Every time you go yeah. through a toll, you know that you're checking in. <laughs> yeah, it's like congratulations. Get the tinfoil out, the government's spying on you. Yeah, I mean, at this point, anyone that makes that argument might as well just disconnect everything and move into a cave, right? Like, that's the only way you are going to be completely off the grid. Just be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I love people that say, oh, I got rid of my yeah. Facebook, it's intrusive. And I'm like, well, yeah, get off of everything else, too, while you're at it. Yeah, but Facebook also makes shadow accounts for people yeah. as placeholders to yeah. kind of fill in the connective gaps. Yeah. But... That's how that's how that works. She's so funny. She's like she hears people in the house and she's like meowing at the door trying to see who it is. She's waiting to see if they'll respond. And then they do it. She goes she goes to hide. She's so skittish and so funny. Like one of the kids finally gives her attention. She's like, run! But she'll run to me. She's going to protect me. Oh no, I've got what I wanted. <laughs> it's like, what do I do now? I wasn't ready for this part. <laughs> Ooh, another thing I want to uh, going back to the the interview, the awkward interview process. It's like interviews are very awkward dates, right? You know, and you hope that they put out at the end, but very rarely do they. But uh, what about the salary question? I think that's another one that people struggle with. Like, especially if you're still like kind of early. Like usually, like, usually, in my experience, when they're asked a salary question, that means they're ready to extend an offer. But sometimes it's a trap. Because I feel like a salary question is almost always a, 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 tra- a trap, especially when they leave it open-ended. So how about salary? Well, what about salary? What are my salary requirements? What are my salary expectations? What would I like to make? What do I feel I deserve? Those are all completely different questions. I'm sorry. Or maybe I'm overthinking. What, what do you think? Yes. Yes. More child think, in the I house. Think a, <laughs> I think there's an easy answer to it. What's, what's your easy answer? You just, that. you just find what the you find what the median is in your area mm-hmm. or the job you're going for. Yeah. And you just adjust accordingly. If you think your skills are above that median, yeah. Above that median, you ask for more. If you think that you're at about where it's where you should be, you ask for that point. You ask for the median. Don't ask for less unless you are overreaching for a job. Yeah. And then, and that's that's sound advice. I found that sometimes just saying you're flexible is fine, though you gotta be careful with that as well. Like every approach has a caveat, but I do agree. Like if, if now that information, like we we live in the information age, like I mean, it just keeps getting even better. You can go to things like Glassdoor, um, the Labor uh, Bureau um, has great statistics, and then you can sort it by local market or by national averages get those median numbers um what's another one that i found ah oh, man i found a if, if you google it you'll find a bunch of them but definitely look around because some of them really overestimate the numbers uh you know like yeah, yeah if you're living in if you're living in the midwest you're not going to want to be using uh san francisco numbers for any job that you're applying to that yeah makes sense yeah definitely but the thing is even the ones that sort by the city still get around or even the state still get around because uh like i found one site and it was and i was looking at the numbers and it was saying oh you sh- this position pays anywhere from 100 to 140 000 i'm like yeah i don't think i'm gonna get that here 
And then another site for the same type of position said uh, forty to eighty thousand. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit more reasonable. <laughs> but like, that's, that's, reminds that's, me of, um, what's that? Reminds me of those colleges you see. You know, they're all like, yeah, we have the best college in the state of Atlanta, Idaho College of such and such. It's like it's weird if if you're a good if you're the best school in Atlanta, why are you? Why Idaho school? I've never understood that. <laughs> it just that this this whole thing kind of reminds me of that. It's like you're looking for people to work in this state, but you're I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. Well, that's very bad. weird. That's just bad marketing. Like I I freaking roll my eyes every time I go to a website and it says best in blah, number one in blah, and I'm like, well, a bunch of other people just said the same thing. So one of you is telling the truth, and the rest of you are assholes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best. It's the if you watch Monday Night Football, it's the John Gruden effect. <laughs> if you listen to him talk about every team, they are always the best at something. Mm. Yep. Well, so it's true. the it, it's the I'll call it the John Gruden effect. You'll always find something positive to say about them to be able to put them in a higher position, just so you can have the positive talking points. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like the whole thing, you know, the whole uh, notion. If everybody's special, then no one's special. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah, not right. You know, the reality is, in order to have winners, you have to have losers. So I like what uh, like, Stephen uh, Colbert said about winning in, in um, this one collegiate uh, address that he did. I forgot what uh, university it was, but he spoke to these graduate students. And he said, there's no such thing as winning in life. And like, he broke it down and, you know, went into the, through the logic. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> Just be fucking good at what you do. Stop worrying about winning. Pretty much. But, uh. It's like a motorhead song. It's like you, you, uh, what was the title of it? Born to, born to lose. Which makes sense. Cause I mean, no matter what happens, you're still going to die. So it's like, it's like you're almost losing, but the experience you gain is what matters in the end. Yeah, and it's all, it's all context, you know. Rare Plenty. Rest in peace. <laughs> you don't drink as much as that guy did and expect to survive. Actually, Lemmy did a lot more than drinking. Plus, I mean, you're talking about Lemmy dying because of the alcohol. Look at uh, Ozzy. Ozzy's still alive. He's preserved he's, at this point. He's a whole different category of freak. They'll be doing plenty of genetic testing to him after he's dead. He's the Prince of F and Darkness. I'm pretty sure he's like a marionette, maybe like a Terrence and Phillip type of thing, where they just pull his strings and his mouth just flaps open. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've seen him live. I think that's that. I, I think that's accurate. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Wow. There you go. Someone's pulling the strings, but who is it? Dance, Ozzy, dance. I see Tuka's trying to get on here in a second. I mean, I see if he's available. Tuka. Yo. Uh oh, he's driving again. Of course. I'm Jonathan David. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so actually you came in just time and we were talking about uh, a few things, but we're going we're gonna go back to this thing. This, have you seen the EverDrive app? The what what app? It's called EverDrive. EverDrive. It's uh it basically measures how good of a driver you are and lets you compete with your friends and family. So the reason I bring it up I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to meet you for a quick second. <laughs> <laughs> the 
<laughs> the freaking meat. No one's gonna hear. No one's gonna hear anything over that. Yeah, He's yeah. Right, dirty on eighty-five. It's too much wind. Too much wind. But uh, the, I'm just curious. Do you guys have like this uh, competition with your family? Like, I'm constantly arguing with my wife, like who's the better driver. Like the other day, she ran over a median that was as plain as day. But like. <laughs> When I make a slight mistake, I never hear the end of it. But like she does things constantly, and don't even, kind of don't even like Jillian accidents. <laughs> but I'm the bad driver. I, I never got into an accident. Period. I had some close calls, but nope. I'm a safe driver. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't even. I can't even. I have nothing to say because it's being recorded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> say no more. How about you, Beard? Oh no, I accept that I'm a bad driver. It's just I drive like an old man. I'm okay with it. See. You. Yeah, see, I, I, I do have to say, I, I, I do err, err on the side of caution, so I do tend to drive more like Granny, and that's not Fortune, not F1 racer. Depends on the situation for me. Yeah, yeah, there's certain times you don't want to drive really slow, obviously, right? Like, if you're in a highway and you have oncoming traffic and you're next to the on-ramp and all that stuff, that's a bad time to, you know, you gotta follow the flow of traffic, obviously, but, yeah, I'm with you, Beard, I feel you. Alright, Tuka, let's bring you back into this. Here comes the wind tunnel. Wind tunnel! Hey, <laughs> good night, Chris. I'll talk to you later, bro. Alright, let's see. Gaming death. But, um, there we go. Tuka, the wind's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, turned off my air in my car and rolled up my windows. I was jamming earlier. But, uh, so, you know, I had to raise my window. But, so, you, so when you play your music, you gotta open your window? <laughs> Oh, everybody must hear my music. Yes, everyone must hear. Everyone must jam with me. Okay. And if you're not jamming with me, you are lame. Maybe not, but, you know, it just makes me feel better to say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you got a plan. So, Tuka, do you get into the competitive nature of, of, uh, you know, regarding your driving with your better half? Uh... No, I just, um, I drive differently when she's in the car with me, I will say that. Yeah. But, um, as, as far as a competitive driver, I just, you know, she has a left foot, I don't, <laughs> when yep. she's with me, <laughs> when she's with me, but, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I've ridden in the car with Tuka before, it's a, this he, lying, he lying, he oh, lying. I said when she's not with me. Oh, so it's okay to, to your your friends are expendable. I got you. I got oh yeah, you. very expendable. <laughs> Pasture side uh, is free. <laughs> <laughs> the um in the mortal words of my my friend that stays in DC, um, it's funny when he was playing uh it was doing the Battlefield Three days, he was running over people with tanks and he was like beep beep I'm a good driver as he was making people speed bumps. <laughs> So that, that always stick with me. Every time I hear about driving, it's just like, or like whenever I'm playing any game that deals with driving, it's just like when I'm about to run over people, I just honk the horn and be like, I'm a good driver, especially on Grand Theft Auto. That's, that's the best. <laughs> that is the best. Yeah, I tell you, for those that are married out there in a, a long-term relationship, hopefully uh, our perspective gives you a little hope so you realize you're not an o alone, but... With my better half, it's so bad that she really does not like anyone driving when she's in the car. Like, she, if she can insist to be the the one driving, she will, even if it's not her car. 
<laughs> that bad. Oh. Because according to her, wow. everyone's a bad driver except for her. And I'm like, oh. There's one thing common in all the scenarios, and it's that you're in the men. I think you're the bad driver. The same. But see, that's that's a different for that's different for me when I'm with my better half. She always wants me to drive. It's like I have to be a chauffeur, so I'm so used to driving. I I had to, I must remain neutral. All my input will not be recorded. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I will not incriminate myself. I plead the fifth. Yeah, despite the fact I know what really is real. <laughs> like, I know I know the truth. <laughs> it's like, and that's all that matters. I'm going straight X-Files on this one. The truth is out there. He's got he's to gotta search for it. You know, hopefully... Uh, it ain't hard to search for it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. As long, as long as you don't give us alternative facts, then we're good. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. Not the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Oh, help me, guy. Well, you know, it's like to say, you know, no one sees himself as the bad guy. They, everybody thinks they're in the right, you know. It, it, that's all you, that's why you have to listen to who's telling the story. If villains wrote the story, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing it for good reasons. Like, yeah, but no, he did bad things, no. But no one knows what it's like to be the bad guy. To be the sad guy. Except Blue Dan. Blue Eyes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I'm the only one that knows that song. Okay, never mind. Well, actually, since you guys just just joined on, uh, any quick uh, catch up about your week before we move on? We got some, we got some news. We got some news to discuss, and we got a, a, a deal. One deal. We might have more deals have more for deals. bastards if you guys have some stuff, but we definitely have one deal we want to share with everybody tonight. Okay. Um. Well, I have a deal for it too. Um, well, what I've been doing this week was playing, for the first part of the week, um, I was playing, uh, Ghost Recon Wildland. I got a lot of good guns. I was playing with Warchild a little bit, and then from there, I played some art. And I did get, before the sale went off, and I haven't tried them yet, was, um, Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1. The, both deluxe editions was $40 on top of, I got, um, The Witcher 3. Which I have the complete edition, which was twenty five dollars, and I haven't had, haven't played yet. Those are all Those really are all good games. Really good games. I know, and I feel like my time is going to be cut. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. It's like when you start making the money, you don't have time to enjoy the money. But then when you don't, when you have the time, you don't got the money to enjoy your free time. But like, oh, I can't win. Mm-hmm. I just Mia. My part over here, I just been—I feel like I've been waking up early for the last couple of days, and had a job interview yesterday. Hopefully, I killed it. And, oh, uh, was this for the position we were talking about? Something different? Uh, yeah, the position we we're talking about. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, uh, I still got to give you a referral too. But hopefully, something good will uh, come from me uh, going in there. The good thing is the uh, the two people that were interviewing me uh, knew me, so hopefully that'll come in handy. Oh yeah, you you probably you're gonna get it if you if you knew the two people and the position. I know what position you're talking about. You'll you'll get it. I hope so. Um, side note, I do have another War Child rant. I know, back to back weeks. <laughs> Figure that out. Um, you ever notice that some people that claim they're like religious and they understand everything will say, especially when they're in the wrong, they'll say something like, "Now, sir." God's just gonna bless you. You see, you see. 
But in all actuality, I hate when people say that. Because, I mean, the only person that put you in that situation right now was, was themselves. Especially, like, okay, if it was a situation that, you know, happened and they had no control over it, that's one thing. But if it's a situation that they put themselves in, why are you going to bring God up into it? That's like saying, you might as well just say you're in a situation because it's God's fault. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody did that to me at the workplace uh, actually yesterday. And it pissed me off because... I'm not gonna go go into further. I'm not gonna go into full details, but you know, this was something that was completely controllable. Um, it was a customer, and they basically should have been ready when it was time for them to be ready, but they weren't. So because of that, I'm about to put myself on the chopping block trying to deal with them, and then they're all like, "I understand you got a job to do, sir, but you just be you just be calm. God's gonna bless you. God's gonna bless you." I'm like. I understand. It, I, I, I put it to you like this, man. And I'm still, even talking about it now, I'm still getting a little pissed. But I put it to you like this. People that don't want to work for the opportunity that is that is granted to them are the ones that always shield themselves behind God. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting super religious right now. But at the end of the day, it's like this. God is not going to help people who don't want to work for themselves or that don't want to help themselves, you know? So there's no point in trying to hide your, your laziness behind any religious figure. Don't matter if it's God, it could be Allah, it could be Ishnu. It doesn't matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm with you. At the end of the day, when you've got a chance to try and better yourself, you've got the opportunity to do this. You want to sit back and wait on, on a guy to handle it, but you don't want to work. Yeah. But yeah, you got the nerve to throw the name around like like it's nothing. Like uh, stuff like that pisses me off so much, so much. And, and the thing is, people love to quote the Bible or whatever they believe in when it's convenient to them, and then turn back around and and disagree with it when it's not. And it's funny because they take a lot of that the Bible verses out of context because it says that you know yeah God. God is going to help you if, if you trust in Him and leave things to Him. It doesn't mean to stop trying altogether. In fact, I remember there being a passage, I think it's in Proverbs, that says, you know, it loosely translates to, you know, God will only help those that help themselves first. So this whole, oh, let me just sit back and wait for it to work itself out, is just people not being accountable. And I don't even do religion. It's just, oh, and watch how's echoing. I thought it was going crazy. Sorry, I was mad. No, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, that's just a general cultural thing, especially with yeah, millennials, and, you know, and I want to say, if you're a millennial, I'm not, I'm not freaking oh, saying broad strokes. These were far from millennials. These were like, yeah, you get that more, mainly these from were, these older were, people. These were centennials, old people's. Well, I mean, I mean know, <laughs> I'm saying the general no, lack of accountability where people are like. less than millennial. I don't know. I'm tired. Sorry. I'm Go saying ahead. in general, like the whole victimizing yourself mentality is something that uh, it's, it's it's a big generational thing. The religion using religion as a shield that is an older generation thing for sure. But I'm saying just vict if you if you come at it something and you victimize yourself and you basically make it seem like none of your decisions had to do with anything, like it's just ba- random bad luck. You know, then you just completely disarm yourself and make yourself helpless. Like, yeah, there is a lot of bad luck and there is a lot of adversity. There's things that happen beyond your control, but there's always something you could do to, you know, bounce back from it. You just don't 
make it worse or give up altogether because that's that's no good you don't want to spiral downward that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. and on top of that it's like don't don't sit here trying to shame somebody by mentioning god try to make them feel guilty just so you can get over on them that's just yeah that's wrong that's that's exactly what happened yesterday and <laughs> i just use of faith man just like dangerous use of intelligence like people that use otherwise good things to do evil mm-hmm. happen, man yeah, that- like my like my opinion on it is um a lot of people like to like uh, Yogi was saying like a lot of people like to victimize themselves like or they like to try to put got a front front of things that uh, they don't have control over or they have full control over to make themselves feel better. Now, like that whole situation is just like you know like this is a saying that um that I've always took the hardest like. Like you gotta do your best and let God handle the rest. And this point, like I've been in so many situations where I've done all I can, and then for some miraculous reason, I still get over the hump. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to go. But some people just like to victimize themselves. It's like almost human nature. It's like, oh, this happened. Like this, this is related to video games. Like. Oh man, my it's because of my controller messed up. Like you getting your tail whooped. No, nah, I'm just beating your ass with Paul. That's all it is. <laughs> like, I'm just beating you down with Paul in Texas. That's all that matters. <laughs> like don't don't get mad at the controller. You need to look at me and I know that I'm better than you. That's all that matters. Or like in Madden, my brother's just better than me at Madden. I was like, oh man, my controller falls. No, my controller didn't falls. He just ran the option on me terribly, and I just sucked at Madden compared to him. <laughs> so I mean. It's just stuff like that. You gotta own up up to your mistakes. Exactly. Don't try and hide behind anything. Just own up to it. You know. Period. It it may sting a little bit, but you'll it'll be better for you in the long run. Other, you know, otherwise it's gonna keep repeating the same mistakes. And you know, and that's the thing. Like everybody at some point in their life falls into a rut, and you know things get chaotic, and that that happens. I mean, and I'm compassionate to that. But when you know, everybody knows at least one person in their life that they're constantly talking about all the bad people in their life and how they're constantly wronged and how, you know, this person did this, this to them, this person stole from them, this boss was unfair. And you're like, after a while, you're like, you know what? If everybody else is the bad guy, that doesn't seem very likely. The, the common thread here is that you're involved in all of these stories. So maybe it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's true. But somebody's phone is dying. But trying to tell that to those kind of delusional people that you know victimize themselves and have this—they've spun this narrative that they believe their own BS. They gotta find it out themselves, you know. And that's why you know, police yourself. That's the best way to do it. Is check yourself and say, hey, you know, well maybe I'm doing something wrong. You know, like you said, own own your mistakes. That's a that's part of growing up, man. <laughs> and not that many people do it, you know. Yeah, because these, the these people is old enough to be possibly my grandparents. That's the other sad thing. Yeah, but like like Tuka said, it's like it's the older generation. You know, that's my rant. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Feel better now. Now, folks, tonight in the show, let's keep things moving along. We're gonna. This is week twelve ish of the Unicorn Poopies, and uh, you know we're keeping it going, and we're actually going beyond never games. ending, never ending. Oh yeah. So tonight, you know, will be the first segment where we actually go beyond the video games and get into some other geek awards. Um, and also, best use of God will bless you. <laughs> what about the the cheap bastards? 
I thought I thought you had some deals for. Well, yeah, after the the news and do, I'm doing the plugs, uh-huh. man. <laughs> let him let him plug it in, plug it in. See see what happened when Tuka don't follow along in the show notes. See, that's head. when it happens while I'm driving Miss Daisy. That's that's what happens. But don't show note it. You had all week to look at the show notes, man. <laughs> You're right, but I, I did not. I can't really. Uh, you have to I can't really make fun of. Because I'm molded up to my mistakes, yes. <laughs> yes, I own up to my mistakes. I did not look at not a, a note. <laughs> I hadn't even, my, my week has been so hectic. I hadn't even had a chance to, like, I haven't even gamed in a long time. That's how hectic it's been. You know, I should tell you. If you're friends with me on LinkedIn, if we're, if you're part of my LinkedIn network, I've been uh, sharing more productivity tips on there. And one of the things I said is how to, how to get, how to stop saying I don't have time. Cause, uh, that, that's, that, that's, that's the trap that a lot of us fall into. It's like, oh, I've just been so busy. You know, I, just, I just don't have the time. So I actually have like a scientific way to recover your time. You'd be surprised how much time you really have. Hello, oh, I know why. I, they're like, oh, I just, I just haven't had the time. I'm like, well, when, like, when people say that about the podcast, listen to the podcast, like, I don't really listen to podcasts because I just, I just don't have the time. Like, well, when do you take a shit? Do you ever take a shit? Do you ever, I stopped doing it two weeks ago. Do you ever lay down? Like, you know, you can listen to a few minutes there. Like, I don't take a shit. I, I just, uh, go through, uh, photosynthesis and, and I release my waste into the air, to my pores. Yeah, that's it. On my case, I'm like, baby's very close to being born, trying to finish this house stuff. And a job, a job interview popped up. And it's like, every time I look up, there's always something that needs to be done with the house. Then by the time it's, it's time for me to do it, it's like, after I'm getting home from work, because I can't do it at work because I'm always busy at work. So hopefully when one of these things kind of wraps itself up, I can at least get maybe an 18th of my brain back. No, nope. it doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let me so, you tell you something. I bought a house and had a kid in the same year. I haven't caught up yet. That was two years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. It. That's my situation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm like a black... Time paradox version of bearded hat. No, there's, there already is. There already is one of those. There can't be two. <laughs> it's a paradox. There's multiples. Oh, you're an Earth two, aren't you? Damn it. It might be ninety nine. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. Don't let the freaking ape man get you. He's dangerous. He's brain waves and stuff, man. Do you remember those uh, those bootleg? Uh, what was it the nineteen like the black and white uh, sci-fi movies or the sci-fi shows like the um. The Creature for the Twilight Black Moon, or, uh, yeah, Twilight. Yeah, I remember this one that had this giant brain that was trying to chase everybody. Yeah, that's a classic, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought. <laughs> oh, the original, uh, The Blob was, like, janky. Oh, yeah, the classic one. Yeah, man. Ah, that's the three science theater 3000 status. Yeah. You know what? It's cheap, until- but so good. How long until yeah. Twitch buys that and then, uh, Runs a marathon of it. Oh god, I hope they don't. Uh, alongside uh, the Bob Ross repeats. Oh boy, yep, it's coming. And we're about to I get want into. Them too. We're gonna get into a little bit of the uh, yeah. Twitch news. Did you put it in here, by the way? Let me see. Do we I have, don't think I added it. No. We have a couple of Twitch headlines. Let me see. Have you guys watched any of the the Twitch presents Power Rangers? You got to be kidding. You didn't know. Mm-mm. Since, what, Tuesday, I think? Maybe even Monday? They've been running every Power Rangers episode ever. What? 
Like, okay, are yeah, we talking started, about like like starting off with the American Power Rangers, or like the old school spin Tie Warriors? No, we're talking the American the stuff that was on when we were kids. Oh my when I was God, a kid. I don't know how old stuff. you guys are. The good stuff. No, it's god awful. No, we're talking about the originals, right? With the yeah. Megazord that had the horns and yeah, we're talking about the original. Yeah, you take that those ro- rose colored take those rose colored glasses off and go back and watch it now. It is painful. It is really cheesy, but it's deliciously cheesy. Oh no, it's it it is it's hilariously bad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is that like I still like the the. Uh, when the Red Ranger got rid of that bootleg T-Rex and he got the uh, the Dragon Zord that could turn into an actual little person, I was like, yeah. He even had his last own episode. Checked, last I checked, they were up to, like, the ninja season. And, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, that does seem like it's bad. But it was way, bad after you know, Aqua Force or whatever the heck it was called. Oh, Aqua Team Hang- Hunger Force? No, uh, they had, like, Aquatic Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. They've gone through a lot of iterations. Like, they had the ninja thing and... Gosh, I mean, I didn't understand a little kid that had to grow up and then he became a ranger. It's like when he morphed, it turned him into an adult or at least a teenager, and then it gave awkward. him a fire ranger suit. That's yeah. awkward. Yeah, instant puberty. Kind of, some kind of implications there that are not right, but mm-hmm. I mean, either way you chop it up, the Power Rangers is like bridging generations. It's kind of that part is really fascinating to me that it's still going. Like, damn. Like Simpsons, Jesus, talk about bridging generations. Yeah. How are they still around? That's what I want to know. And you know what? Simpsons is still enjoyable. If you actually stop to watch it, it's, it's still a good show. I guess they, they had a Family Guy they, moment because they had some bad episodes. There were a handful of seasons that were legitimately not good. Yeah. There was definitely some growing pains with new writers. Yeah. It was legitimately not good. but Like, like when Marge became an MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound good. I mean, they jumped the shark. They made jokes about jumping the shark pretty much every season after season ten. <laughs> See, I didn't even get a chance to watch the uh, Family Guy Simpsons crossover. To tell you the truth, well, Simpsons works because they always bring the current culture and you know events into it. So, like, it's always relevant, you know, to any generation, any audience, and it's neat that way. It's not as topical because it's not as quick of a turnaround as South Park has. Yeah, that's mm. true. Because South Park, it takes less than a week to make an episode. Sometimes they'll make it the day of its airing. Yeah. They, Simpsons they, takes, I think, like three months per episode. Yeah, mm. they, their so, the, the social commentary on so- South Park is, like, intense. Like, they don't, they do not miss any trend. Like when World of Warcraft was getting was getting oh, huge, God. <laughs> they were like on that shit. When David Blaine was like doing his huge comeback and doing all these stunts, they were on that shit. Like they do not miss it at all. Make love, not Warcraft. I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah, they they do not miss a beat. But and everybody gets them from South Park. By the way, folks, obligatory news time. A few things here. I'm gonna try to bounce around a bit. Because I know a few of these items are going to be uh, hot-button items, if you will. So first, the, the less interesting stuff. Uh, so Snapchat, you know, they, they have their IPO for a few weeks now. And their shares uh, fell below $20 a share for the first time since they've gone public. Um, and a lot of analysts are saying it's going to be more like Twitter, not not like Facebook, like people expected. Now, just quick, you know, quick... Uh, 
kind of tally here? Uh, you know, how do you guys think? Do you guys think that is this a buy or a sell type situation? Do you have hopes for this to be a really good tech stock, or is it like no, never? no, get rid of it. Get rid of it's it? not. It's not good yeah. because it's the same as Twitter. It has the same problem. Yeah, you can't monetize well. Yeah, and Snapchat, Facebook, Facebook has their Facebook has their back end already built for how they make their money. Yeah. Targeted advertising and selling your information. Yep. That's how they make their money. And to Snapchat me, is... Go ahead, go ahead. Right. Snapchat's for titties. That is what? It's for yeah. titties. It's a... It was initially a sexting app. That's it. That's all it was. And then they branched out into trying to be something more... It still is, though. Do you think... It is. That's... <laughs> That's a big part of it. They started adding with like Snapchat stories and other stuff, but it's still that initial that initial idea of what it is. They're not getting away from that. Yeah, and and the you know, I work in marketing for my a lot of a lot of my projects are marketing related, if not technology related. And every like social media professional, every online marketing professional, every traditional marketer I know, every PR person, every advertising person, they're like, oh, Snapchat is, is, is gonna be direction of thing. That's, that's where we're gonna focus our media buys and do, and you know, really try to do some viral campaigns. I'm like, dude, you're in Snapchat and not it. Snapchat and not the answer. Like, yeah, I get it. That's what our millennials are. And you're thinking that's, the, that's where they're gonna, the buying power is. Because, you know, the baby boomers are slowly dying out or they're retiring and, or they're hoarding their money and, then, you know, they're not going to recirculate it for whatever reason. So you're like, oh, well, let's focus on the millennials and fuck everybody else. But it's just like you said, it, it's it's something that's used for frivolous usage where Twitter actually is useful, in my opinion, especially if you learn how to use it right. Snapchat is, you know, I, I can see where it could be useful, for, but for the most part, it's frivolous. You know, you... you you do a little mini vlog of like, hey, this is this is the face I make when someone pokes me in the back when I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I'm eating a yeah, pizza. I got the app. I got the app. I don't really even really use it. It's just it's kind of there. It's as dead as Vine is, but they don't have the common sense to fold it into something else. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The well, they killed off vines. They killed off vines. Yeah, they, they yeah. folded in the they folded the functionality into Twitter. Yeah, and, they um, folded yeah, it into something else, but it's still, it was a interesting idea. Dead. It's not a good, it, it's a fun toy, but it has no functionality past that. Yeah, and, and I swear every business analyst is trying to make a case study for it, because they want to be, they want to be on the, on the cutting edge of it when it finally gets fully embraced by the uh, big brands, right? But, by the time that happens, it's going to it's going to fall off. Yeah, exactly. By the time it becomes like useful to marketers, the users will lose interest in it. That's the, that's the nature of it. The moment it starts becoming a uh, an advertising platform, the kids no longer are interested in it. That's the problem. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I watched as Instagram died when Facebook bought it. Mm. Instagram, I was there I like, from but... I was there from day one. Well, I was in like the first hundred thousand or so users on it. I watched, I think, three quarters of the people that I was following just abandon ship, gone. <laughs> the next MySpace. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if it'll be that bad, but damn. <laughs> but the thing is, once Facebook bought it, that's when you saw major upswing in more you in different kinds of users. Yeah, it's a, Facebook it's really is like creeping death. Well, you know, Facebook they could afford to spend the money. Like it's one of those things where it's like, well, let's just buy our potential competition. They could do it. Fuck it. Yeah. No, they, they're not going to buy them when they can straight rip them off. Yeah. That's true. But, I mean, I guess if you buy them, you don't have to worry about um that company yeah. trying to make a comeback. Yeah. You control you your... you rip them off. If you rip them off, then no one has to leave your platform. I mean, yeah, but Facebook, if you... Facebook made the mistake once of paying a billion dollars for Instagram when they could have ripped Instagram off. They're not going to make that mistake again and buy something else that they can just blatantly copy. True. You know who I think is going to be making the big play into this software as a service space and all these kind of like social media apps and, you know, tying it into advertising and all this shit. I think it's going to be Apple because Apple, well, I, I read some figures that they're sitting on $20 billion in cash, not assets, mm-hmm. in cash. Right, which is obscene. Yeah. You could uh, cool. you could buy an industry for that much, you know, like a small island. There's all kind of ridiculous shit you could do. Like, and they, they're and, they're gonna go into they're gonna go into the content creation end of it. They're gonna level their gun at Netflix. Yeah, that's that's one way. Because I mean, Apple's business model is self sufficient, enclosed ecosystem, so no one will have to go anywhere else. Right? They don't like sharing. They don't like playing nice with others. Right? But uh, I don't think that would be a good idea if they're going after Netflix because that's basically what uh, Microsoft tried to do against Apple when they had their Zoom come out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't think they'll be able to take down Netflix if they're trying really? to take down Netflix. No, I'm well, Netflix. It has too, Netflix. Netflix has too much backing and it has like, too much about shows. They're yeah. producing shows, for God's sakes. Yes, they are. They are. But think of it they, this way. Think, think of it this way. Apple has the lion's share of smart devices out there. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. they open up the availability of what's in their iTunes store for streaming, it's over. It's a wrap. Call no, it, it's not because they, they enclosed, like Yogi said, they enclosed themselves to certain people. You have to try to, you don't want to have to then get one of their devices to then try to stream their service. They're not going to open up their service to everybody. That's the thing that makes that's that's the thing that makes Android compete with Apple when the you Droid came put, out. You can put iTunes on any computer that you want. You can, but not for the most part. But if, but if, if you know, when you put through iTunes you could then use the Apple Music, which is their music streaming service. But but then when you put let's say you put iTunes onto a computer it's still it run it makes that computer run slower and it's not it's really not good. It doesn't really connect well with because it like wants regular. to turn into the operating system. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like regular computer so, and make it uh, a quote unquote superior Apple product. And and then Apple has to gain all that traction to catch up to Netflix because like like uh, Walsh I was saying, Netflix is already producing shows. What I mean by backing, like think about like Marvel making part of their universe Netflix exclusive. Like Hulu's trying to do the same thing but is not gaining as much traction as how Netflix like 
You know, did we, did, did we forget that they're sitting on twenty billion dollars? Yeah, you can sit just because you have the revenue. Just because you have the revenue doesn't that doesn't equal success. That doesn't mean that he's their Apple's just going to throw twenty billion dollars out there and be able to make it stick. Think about like let's go let's go with uh, the politics. Like Hillary Clinton outspent Donald Trump two to one and still lost. Like you still have to have the backing of. The consumer, and in Apple's case, you still have to have the back old, backing of consumer. Yes, they're going to have people buy it just because it's Apple, and those are other people that's, that's the thing. Apple, but and that's that is their customer. It's they don't really mm-hmm. care about new business. Apple's whole success came when they stopped trying to go for market share. They don't need to have a dominant share of the market because they charge so much. They overprice all their shit, and their fans are okay with yeah. it. That's the that's their yeah, consumer, that's, you know. Everything so is I don't price. Think, yeah. They they make so they have they're one of the few people that have real margin. In most business, if you sell a a, a product that costs a dollar, you're lucky if you bring a, a penny home or three pennies. If you if you bring home three pennies after a dollar sale, that's considered really good in most markets. That's not Apple. Apple they'll sell a dollar product and bring home ninety cents. That's how ridiculous their margins are. So you're gonna they're have- have a five to twenty percent market share at most, but they'll kill it across, and that's what they do across all verticals. They don't dominate those markets, but they sell that dream. Like we are the upscale brand, we are the Gucci of whatever we do. Like you want us because cool people have us. That's the bullshit that people buy into, and that and you can have yeah. a, you can have a big dick and not know how to use it, basically. Yeah, I mean, and they're even talking about going into the car industry. This is one of the things they're entertaining, and they could do it with twenty oh, billion. Wow. They could kill it. But here's the thing: like the car industry is like one of the worst ventures to go into. Like the people yeah, forget, two thousand and nine, the government had to buy, had to bail out GMC with uh, what was it, forty yeah. billion dollars in relief? Because if the if GMC went down under. Everything else was going to die behind them. All the parts distributors, all the supply chain management oh, yeah. companies, the logistics mm-hmm. companies, the, the overseas partners, everything would have imploded. It would have been a global economical meltdown. People don't realize that like, the, the, the economic meltdown would have been global. And it wouldn't be just the exactly. U.S. going yeah. through everybody. So, like... But they're going, but the Apple's like, Apple has the cojones. They're like, fuck it. We could, we could take that venture and, and, you know, take the risk. Fuck it. You know, we're Apple. I think, I think Apple's regardless is going, like, if they do do a streaming service, regardless, they're going to make money versus with their own clientele. But it's, but like to say they're going to outpace, um, Netflix or even Hulu for that fact. I, I doubt that highly. Like the, like you said, um, the facade of of Apple's like they're the high end product, which honestly, if you go like even if you look at specs from like the iPhone versus the Samsung um, Note in that same in that same um, year, Samsung always has higher specs than it. But the appeal of the iPhone is they they manufacture all their own stuff. That's what makes it like you don't have. A whole bunch of fluff that slows it down, so it doesn't need as much processing power. But there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both of them. Like if you if you love Apple, you love Apple. I, my advice is always like if you get a, a platform, you should get everything of that platform so they can talk to each other. So yeah. like with the Apple TV, I think with the Apple TV and they come out with a streaming service, would that do them well? 
Yes, because they can sell stuff right off the streaming service from their TV or on their iPad or their phone or stuff like that. So yeah, it'll, it'll like um, Bill was saying, connecting straight to the iTunes store and having to stream from that. Yeah, they're, that's what they should do with their $20 billion of like 100%. But if, but I, I'm not saying they shouldn't go in competition with Netflix or Hulu, but I don't think they going to over top. But here, here's another problem you should think of. You can play Netflix and Hulu on anything. Doesn't just have to be an yeah. Apple product or, or a, a PC or even yeah, a you you can right. You can even stream it from your Xbox. Plus Hulu. Or your PlayStation. Certain shows have certain um certain contracts set up to where as soon as they play the show one night, they can automatically play the show the next night on said platform, Hulu. such as uh, Hulu. Yeah, because yeah. you can watch Twenty Four Legacy, and that's uh that's Fox. You can watch possibly some FX shows as well. I mean, they there's they've already gobbled up the contracts basically. Unless they're, unless they're going to set up something with uh, HBO, but even still, HBO is looking at everybody like, you can stream me, but you have to pay for me. And that's for every company, not just uh, Hulu. Yeah. The HBO has guys, two, they have guys, two apps, too. You get it still overthinking it. The thing is, even if they can't complete with Netflix and offer more content in Netflix, they're still going to kill it. Because with that smaller yeah, market share, they're still going to make more money because they overprice everything. That's how, that's the business model and it works for them. So the only way I even see, the only way I even see that happening is if they go on if they compete with Voodoo because they'd have an easier time trying to compete with Voodoo and other platforms like that. But they don't have to the compete. Day, That's the thing. They don't have to compete. Yeah, they, they're Apple, just they're Apple, Apple, Apple. Like, Well, but yeah. here's other here's the other thing. Why? And let's be honest, average person they're gonna look at the price. God, sixteen dollars or let's say no, let's be real, nineteen ninety nine twenty dollars for a. HDX35 movie on the Apple network? Shoot, let me call my cousin Jerome and see if he still got that, uh, that web address for that thing. Yeah. <laughs> or that website with the free movies. And that's not their customer. <laughs> exactly. No, not me, not me. I know you want to jump in, so. <laughs> so say, say your piece, cause I know you're on the other side of this. <laughs> what you guys are missing is with that money, they can go and create content. They can pay studios to make content, just like Netflix has, just like Hulu has. And they can build that way on top of having things that uh, having things straight out of the iTunes store that you can stream. Netflix, you're up to, you're left with whatever they've licensed. It's not what you want to watch, it's whatever's available. Yeah, that's true. So it's just, it's going to be... So... Because, I mean, just the money once again, because look at Sony. They purchased the rights for certain people from Marvel, and they made their own movies, and they flopped. Mm -hmm. And Sony's, I mean, let's be real, Sony's been around for a long time. They're no slouches. Sony is a entertainment company, and they can't entertain the comic book, uh, the average comic book moviegoer, because they're not doing what Disney can. They're not doing what Marvel can. They don't even have movies that, oh, okay, other than, let me see, possibly a Deadpool. They don't even have movies that match up no, to Deadpool, what everybody Deadpool else Deadpool is, um, whatchamacallit, is, uh, Fox. Oh, well, sure. The X-Men. Yeah, Dang. so, Sony, Sony had the X, um, the Spider-Man rights, and then that's why they combined with Marvel so they can start getting revenue from those licenses 
license again, you know, because they saw how big Civil War was going to be, and if they added Spider-Man into that, that's how they was going to gain traction again and then come out with, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming and have Iron Man in there with it. You know, that scene where in the in the trailer where you have Spider-Man swinging and Iron Man flying next to him, that that's made people go freaking crazy. But that's what I'm saying. It's like they didn't do that by themselves. They attempted to try it by themselves, and they failed. But that's what I understand. They, they, probably, lost, they probably lost more money than gaining it. You know, there's no there's no sense in putting your money in something that you can't make a profit but, back. But again, this is... Yeah, I understand what... The, I understand Apple's what Beard and Yogi is saying. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I understand target, what you're saying. Apple's target customer, look, Apple's target customer, their loyalists don't care that they don't have the best product because Apple, they, they, that, they want everything. Listen, in the future, Apple's still gonna be, you know, as part of the market share, they're gonna, gonna be there. they won't be the majority company, but they're gonna have the iPoop, you know, the toilet that, that lets you play it, stream your music and watch TV while I take a fat dump. They're gonna have the autonomous vehicles, the, the iDrive, you know, and then they're gonna have the iDrive be crazy. And that's why you already got some of their people with, uh, with tampons hanging out of their ears right now. No, look, and then they decided Apple, to buy the little uh, earplugs. But this is the thing, exactly. And it, but this is the thing: <laughs> Apple's gonna have all their loyalists trapped in the ecosystem, and then one day they're gonna realize, you know, this is all shit. But they're gonna be trapped because they have everything Apple, and they can't, and they won't be able to move their media off of iTunes and 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 and, and, and transfer all the settings over. They're they're, they're trapped in the whelp. I guess I'm stuck in this relationship, and that's this is gonna happen. But Apple's that's how Apple's gonna continue to dominate the exclusivity and trapping in the ecosystem and just being one stop shop for everything. And moving it on be, to the next it news, will be the equivalent of AOL. Well, no, we, we got another <laughs> oh. one, another comparison because we got another news item here: Amazon doing big plays right now. So we all know that that Amazon owns Twitch, and we were waiting to see. What ways, you know, Amazon was gonna, you know, take advantage of that? And we ha- we had our prediction that are coming true. Like we saw the Twitch Prime thing, the, you know, the Amazon Prime, the diversify that, make it more sexy, right? And the Beard was talking about this. Um, they're gunning for Skype and Discord now because Twitch Desktop is gonna allow you to do video conferencing and basically rule out the need for something like Skype or Discord and possibly. Start ruling out the need for things like OBS and XSplit, even. That well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, because I know uh, last time I checked, Twitch was talking about something about Twitch Live, to where you could actually broadcast your life. So if you're a very uh, successful Twitch streamer, uh, you could have your your followers get a peek at what your life is like. I think it's pretty yeah, cool. It's already IRL. Yeah, it's already out. Yeah, yeah, but There's I, a mobile I'm surprised app they have. Oh, so the app did come out. Yeah, yeah. the live mobile app came. That came uh, right around the same time as Pokemon Go did. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering, because last time I looked, I thought it was in beta or something, or only on desktop. So I was like, what's going on? Dude, it's no, funny. It's, like, yeah, that's out there. Now, nice. IRL has become a catch-all for a lot of streamers. It's like everybody that, that not streaming anything particular, it's like, oh, it's like the lazy option. So like, it's the new, It's the new gaming talk shows. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I see most of the notifications you get now. It's it's like I swear at least eighty percent of them are IRL. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's it's an interesting shift. That's where that's where a lot of streamers that I follow. That's where they start off their stream at. They'll start it there, kind of have like a half an hour, forty five minute, just chat with 
chat as they fill in because it takes everyone doesn't show up there immediately. It takes a right. few minutes for everyone to file in. Yeah. But yeah. So they'll start off in IRL and then move to whatever they're streaming. Ooh. Yeah, it's but, a good way to yeah, form it up, you know, create, form that personal connection. So I, I like that. But it's the thing. The thing about it is, people were already doing that, but now this gives them a place to properly do. It. You know what I mean? Like this really hasn't changed that habit. It's just now a lot more people are using IRL like liberally. So mm. that, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to to, to follow that. But the bigger thing that they're doing is they're piloting their, their new sales program. It's uh, direct sales. Now you'll be able to buy games. You know, if you see someone streaming a game, it'll give you a buy now button. And of course, it's going to go through Amazon. Let's, let's be honest. Um, yeah. And, you know, you get a 5% cut. Not a bad deal, right? Awesome. Nope. It's only if you're a partnered streamer. And that's why I said I have a problem with this because basically they're making everybody into a shill for their products. But only select people get a cut. So we're doing free advertising for them. Hmm. And from what is well, seen, that's already been that. That's already what every streamer does. Right. But now it's even worse, right? Because like, imagine if well, you now you to- can directly now you can directly see if someone's buying a game because of you. Right. And then be like, wow, uh, I'm just giving it away for free. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and that, uh, so, like, I, I almost feel like there needs to be an opt-out for this, but that's not going to happen. Um, it's We're six months to a year away from everyone being able to monetize their channel. Yeah, that's true. By that's the end of, I think, I by the end of this year, by the end of this year, it's going to be like the, uh, like YouTube. You'll just yeah. be able to click a button, monetize your channel, and then once you get to a certain amount of subscribers onto your channel, you'll be allowed to have emotes and things like that. You'll gain access to now that. That makes sense because I, the way they handle partnerships is bullshit. It's too subjective. It's too much about who sucks better, dick, you know, and a lot. Then the rest of it is luck. Um, cause it's, I know it's gotten more. Say, it's gotten more straightforward. Where it's just, hey, have X amount of followers, stream consistently, and maintain this number of viewers at a certain time. Right, just... and that's true. They've got a little more objective, but the problem is a lot of features, a lot of benefits that really should be opened up to non-partners that I don't see why they're not. So, like, what you're saying where you you have more of a YouTube model makes more sense because then there's a clear path to follow, right? You have something really tangible to work towards and really a lot of mm-hmm. the, a lot of features that partners have right now should be open to a wider, you know, I think there needs to be tiers rather than you're partnered and you're not. You know, it's it's a, st- it's a stupid way to do it right now. So yeah. you're gonna see so many butthurt, for lack of a better term, partners. Oh yeah, because that first round of opening partnership up to everyone, and rightfully so, they'll be upset because a lot of them have worked their ass off to get to where they are, just to have it be opened up to everybody. You're gonna get a lot of bitterness out of that. And you know what? They can suck it. Guaranteed. If they really believe what yeah. they're doing. Uh, then nothing really should change for them, right? You know, yeah, like, nothing's going to change. It's yeah, but you're right; they are going to be bitter. But here's the thing: well, like, I, I think it depends, though, because I mean, look at YouTube. As soon as they started putting those copyright strikes up and everything, they started squeezing a little bit tighter each time to the point where it's like, yeah. you know, most of your streamers don't, uh, or not streamers, your content makers don't post content as much as they used to, like uh, Angry Joe, for example. Yeah, I noticed he, he stopped posting uh, a lot of things up. 
And it's no, like, that's because he moved over to Twitch. He moved exactly. over to doing live streaming stuff. Exactly. That's what I mean. Because he had the audience that would move there. But True. there's a lot of guys over on YouTube that pump out their content daily and make their money off of it. Why can't I, if I wanted to, make money off what I'm doing right away streaming on Twitch? Yeah. Why do I have to go through third-party hoops to set up either a Patreon or a Game Wisp or some other bullshit to potentially get some donations that way, as opposed to just going, having everything in-house with Twitch and just have it run that way? True. Yeah, because if you think about it, a majority of people on Twitch that stream consistently are unpartnered. They're making Twitch money and not really seeing much much of a benefit out of it. Occasional donations. Not, see- maybe, not maybe. seeing a benefit at all, really. Yeah. They don't and- have a job. That's that's not a that's not a real viable sustainable income. Yeah, and you're you're, you're just a you might as well by. be playing a guitar on a fucking subway platform because yeah, you're standing by for hopes and dreams. Yeah, yeah, and wishes of something that'll happen. And you and you know it's sad. It's like you can continue to to put in um content endlessly day after day after day, but seeing as how you know, most people are already in the game and they've been putting content out for a long time. You know, it doesn't matter if you have 200 followers or 400 followers or whatever. It's hard to beat out somebody that's already established. It's the entertainment industry, though. It's Yeah. There's a reason there's so many people out in Hollywood, yet you only see the same 20 or so in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very incestual in that manner, right? And that's a shame, but there's ways to turn that paradigm upside down. We'll get there eventually, but uh, until then, it's going to be like a constant exodus, right? Uh, you know, people move from YouTube to Twitch, and then when Twitch stops being viable, they move to the next big thing, and that, you know, that's inevitable. It's a cycle of things. But um, yeah. I think another thing we have, may have to look at, and uh, maybe in the future we'll explore this, because I think this will bring us into some other discussions, but... Did all of this, you know, with Amazon diversifies so much, it makes me go back to the matter of net neutrality. Like, this whole thing of double dipping. Like, you know, with net neutrality, having a data provider be a media provider, it's kind of a conflict of interest, right? Because then you're going to, yeah. what, you're going to prioritize traffic to your content over competitors' tra- content? You know, where do you draw the line, you know? this. There's ISPs right now that are doing illegal shit, but they're getting away with it because they're treading a thin line. Like, they charge access fees. In California, Comcast charges uh, access fee for Xbox Live and PlayStation Network because it's not their their media network. What kind of bullshit is that? In Illinois, in Illinois, you're charged extra for having uh, Netflix. Yeah. What the fuck is that shit? That's stupid. That's Comcast for you. They Net neutrality is a joke when they let... Comcast by NBC Universal. You're just pretending at that point. That's the thing. Net neutrality is still a concept is not really being enforced until there's a real bill, real, you know, FCC support. Like, you know, right now the guy, um, running the FCC that, that Trump appointed, I think he's, uh, anti net neutrality, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, Amazon, we, we love Amazon, but, I feel like there needs to be a certain point where you say this company cannot break into this sector because it's unfair. It's it's a monopoly. Like, well, literally, it's not a monopoly, but it, they're just too big of a, they be, they're becoming too big for their own good, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary. Like, Amazon's doing a little bit too much right now, and they need to kind of slow down, you know? Because, I mean, yeah, Twitch... Yeah, the thing is, if... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you, you look at Twitch, and you, t- you I look at Twitch as part influence, part entertainment platform, but then you're going to tie distribution straight into it. That means that it's going to be harder for people to do their own deals, bring their own advertisers in, bring their own distribution deals in, because then it's going to be a conflict of interest. So, like, you know, right now, if you're if you're enterpri- enterprising enough, you could be a unpartnered streamer and you know say, hey, you know what, I don't need Twitch to partner me. I'll have Patreon. Hey, you know what, I don't need to to have uh, ads. I'll just have my own advertisers that I'll handpick. And say, hey, I'll plug your thing, or I'll, you know, have a referral call. I'll have these banner dis- display ads, and you know, you could pay me by, you know, CPC or CPM, whatever your deal is, right? Or CPA, you know, and boom, right? It's, but it's what's- usually <laughs> not to cut you off, but it's usually like like small stuff too, like uh, thumb thumb covers or what do you call it? the the uh, thumbsticks and the uh, eyewear and uh, what controllers, T-shirts, so on and so forth. It's like just and, and brand deals through uh, companies like uh, like Chrono GG or yep. G2A or games stuff like that. Even gaming energy drinks or pills. I've seen that before. Oh, yeah, I've G-Fuels never heard of- making a bigger push now. That's that's the thing. Like with them doing this move of uh, direct sales built into built into the platform, it's gonna get to a point where they're gonna be like, "Hey, you can't do this. You like you have to go through our marketplace." And that's where it's gonna be like, "Hmm, why am I doing this?" No, again? not not exactly because Twitch partners are considered uh, freelance contractors. They're not directly employed by Amazon or Twitch. Yeah, right. So they right don't have now. to directly opt into it. Right, that's right now. But if you own the entire ecosystem, you could pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> the, the, yeah, there's stopping. always hitbox. Yeah, and then once that gets saturated, they do the same thing, and then you move to the next thing. You see what I'm saying? Like it's gonna keep pushing you, yeah. and eventually it's gonna be like, well, I'm just gonna either stay here or reinvent the wheel. Like if you're lucky enough and you could bring your audience with you, cool. But that's in an ideal situation, and if you're like an angry Joe type, so you know. I'm saying it's 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 a it's a slippery slope, so hopefully they do it right. Because otherwise, it's like the average person streaming. What's their incentive? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna be all creative and sell my own brand economics called joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Good one. I'm down with that. Patent pending. So another news: uh, Gabe Newell uh, made the Fortune 400 list of wealthiest people. I think he made it on. He's at 134. As I read this article, and what cracked me up, they made it seem like Gabe Newell is like the most obscure, elusive man in uh, in the world. They're like, chances are you probably haven't heard of him, but he's one of the richest men in the world. And they're like, chances are you haven't heard of him. Like, what kind of circles are you running in? Like this guy. This Think guy of is way. one of the. What, what's that? It's what kind of circles we're running in. But I mean, because when, as, as much as you think gaming and Valve and Steam are huge, they're not shit. Dude, Steam is the mm. biggest online storefront right now. Check the front answer. Yes. Okay. It is. Not just that. But outside of outside of gamers. 
But not just gaming. No. He was one of the first people to work at Microsoft. He he's, he was instrumental in developing the Windows platform. So like, yeah, that's huge. That's like saying, oh, th- I heard this guy about na- named Bill Gates. People I, I, don't know who. Kind of a big deal. Who, uh, people don't know who Steve Wozniak is. I mean, yeah, that's true. It, that's not a surprise. But that was that's a little bit more understandable because let's face it, Steve Jobs took all the credit all the time. He was always the rock star. That, that was his thing. That's why Steve Wozniak, as much as you know, that he was friends with Steve Jobs, half the time he wanted to kill him. Like, really, dude? Like, give me some fucking credit. <laughs> Guess companies gotta have a face. I don't know. That's how they looked at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how many outside how, of I don't know. outside of the outside of the gaming geek spectrum that we live in. There's a large swath of the world that doesn't know, care, or give a shit about any of that. That is sad, but true. Because they I'm got saying. other things in their life that they're more um more important to them. But I'm I'm gonna think that the average Fortune 500 peruser, the average Forbes reader, isn't going to be aware of Half-Life 2. Yeah, but I'm saying but he's a key player in technology and gaming. So you can, you know, as pervasive as gaming is, alright, fine, I, I understand, that might not be a big deal, but like saying, like saying you don't know, that a lot, a lot of people don't know, that, that even, like saying something like most people do not know what Game Newell is, it, to me, is like saying most people don't know what Windows is. Like, really? Like, are you living under a rock? That's the way I feel. You know, the the funny thing is, uh, the way esports is kind of taken taken off right now, um, nobody is really realizing what the gaming industry is, except for like a certain uh, certain key members of uh, celebrity status. So it wouldn't surprise me if later on, somehow, some way, you look up and you've got. Major businesses trying to to buy into like an esports league or something. Because I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's funny because right now it's about it's like what UFC is. UFC started out underground, nobody knew about it. Eventually, you look up and they're like, "Hey, what's this stuff going on? People fighting people? Isn't that boxing? No, hmm. Yeah, I mean, with esports, a whole different beast because you have people that uh, laugh at it and say. Esports are not really sports. Like, stop it. Like, you know, like Kyle, that Colin Coucher mm-hmm. dude. But that's that's just people trying to protect their own job. It's just like now the economy is revolving a lot more around service industries, and that pisses off a lot of people that are in more technical and blue collar fields because they're like, that's not really work. You're fucking doing graphic design, building websites, making apps. The fuck is that? You're streaming. Like, they figure that's not real work, but it's like. People are making careers out of it, so fuck you. Don't be mad mm-hmm. because you can't do it. <laughs> That's sad that. thing is, That's you know, you look up and it's just point and click now. You, you drag and drop, point and click. That's what it's basically turning it, that uh, industry into. Yeah, which sucks because it just it takes it takes out of the because uh, in a sense, building a website can be like an art form. But if your if your industry is flooded by other people who don't really care for what you do then at the end of the day, you kind of lose the love for what you do as well, and you just, you know, you put content out there just to make a buck, just to get by. Well, yeah, and it well, just well, destroys the industry almost. 
for the average web designer or graphic designer, that, that's got to be a value add because the form is not the real thing people are looking for. They're looking for the function and, and that end-to-end mm-hmm. solution. That's a discussion for another time. Can we get into that? Oh, you want to know about the, the, the death of graphic design? Yeah. I got my Fiber. degree in that. <laughs> how, how much do you how love Fiverr, B? It just... I'm willing to say... Fiverr, CrowdSpring, that goddamn Echo again. (laughs) But Fiverr, CrowdSpring, sites like that both showed that getting a design degree was a waste of time and that the oversaturation of the market was real, especially back in 2009, 2010, when every company fired their art departments. Oh, God, no. And guess who graduated then? <laughs> yeah, like um, with, with me, like uh, one of the things that I've been doing a lot of is copywriting, and that's just as hard Ugh. to to keep um billable for because it's be it's been devalued so much. So now, when you try to you know respond to an RFP, you're going through some asshole processes because everybody wants to do it because they think it's easy work, but people don't realize that it's just e- it's equal parts science and art. Just like graphic design, like, it's not just, you know, your artsy-fartsy, there's a science to it, like, hey, let me understand what your brand is about, what kind of voice you're trying to create, you know, really understand your identity as a company and bring that into the the, the graphic design, and not just, hey, I draw things, like, people don't appreciate that, they don't understand, you know, they think, oh, well, I get this on five bucks on Fiverr, fuck you, <laughs> I get this guy in yeah. India to do it, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. my, uh, my, my wife's son can pull this off with a uh, with the MacBook that I bought him. He's got Photoshop. He can do this in 20 minutes. What am I paying you for? That's the worst. Oh, I, my my, uh, my friend's husband. Oh, my son, my son's friend. And it's like, I know a guy that could do it for like, you know, 10 bucks. Like, what the fuck? And at that point, it turns into a haggle. It's like, well, if that's the case, why are you even bothering with, with me? You know, go. And that's when you get pushed out the door. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've been through it. I've seen it. Yeah. It's not I I've been on many of those interviews and it's like, well, we're not looking to really fill this position right now, but we'll keep <laughs> you we'll keep you in mind. <laughs> or they'll look for they'll look for someone right out of college and then ask you where your professional work is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you I'll tell you guys, you know, for, for our listeners and viewers, one of the best pieces of advice you can get, don't wait for a job posting. Create your job. Find that, that, that niche within your core competencies that you could really sell the shit out of and pitch that to companies where you see the opportunity before they post a job rec. Because by the time the job, the RFP goes up or the job rec goes to the recruiters or you see the job opening on Indeed or wherever you are, there's a, a cajillion assholes going for that position, including all the contingency recruiters that spam the shit out of those people posting the jobs. So by the time they get to you, and you actually know your shit, they're fucking fed up already. And, th- and then, you know what? Chances are they either don't fill the position at all, or they, fill, they just, you know, outsource it overseas, or get someone internally to do it. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Outsource it overseas. Yeah, I gotta love that one. That's <laughs> why so I always thought it was funny. It's like, we're going to get our jobs back. It's like our jobs never left. 
I mean, the jobs are still here. You're just shipping them somewhere else. So if you stop shipping the jobs out, this wouldn't be a problem. It's a matter of politics, yes. Disincentivizing the companies from pushing the jobs overseas, and you punish the companies that do that. Keep the jobs here. Keep the people here working at reasonable jobs. Yeah, pretty much. What I see happening in the future, I think a, a growth sector is, is going to come up. I'm, I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm gonna see, I'm gonna call this trend. There's going to be an increase in brokerage services for the service industry. I see that being a thing because like headhunters. No, not headhunters. People that ask, cause see, headhunters, the problem with headhunters is that most of them don't know their ads from their face. You know, they don't understand the industry. Like, they just know keywords and buzzwords, right? They know, like, this is a hot trend because people are asking for it, right? But they don't have the industry mm-hmm. experience and they don't have a vested interest in their candidates because they just, they're headhunters. They just mass send the, the herd in and hope that one of them hits so they can get the bonus, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about people that have equal interest in the client's success and in their candidate's success. That's what I'm saying. Like, a, like, like, a, like some, something where they have a pulse on, they have the infrastructure for invoicing, they have a, a finger on the pulse, understanding what the current rates are and, and what makes people more marketable, and they help facilitate and empower the, the, the people freelancing and consulting and seeking, and they also help the, the clients get the best fit candidates so no one has their time wasted. And when, so you're saying that everyone's going to have their own agent? Yes. Cool. But I, I can see that in some fields, yeah. But, I, but I'm saying, like, someone that finds a way to have the best of breeds, like, you have turnkey solutions that automate a lot of the bullshit processes, right? Like a top green system, glass door, whatever it is, but make it more more sophisticated than that, you know, and less of a pain in the ass, right? And then you automate whatever you can automate, but then you also have really pros, real, real set, like standard operating procedures so people can consistently drive the same results and, and take care of those human elements you can't automate, right? That's what I'm saying, like, uh, and, and, and get it down to such a system that you can package it and, and really, and resell it and really like have these platforms created around that, you know? Like almost like Salesforce automation, but on a greater degree. Like I have this vision of that happening. Like people are trying to do it with like things like Glassdoor, right? And the top grading platform, you know, Guru and um, Upwork. Upwork is a good example. Upwork has this thing where they have um, billing and accountability, um, you know, timekeeping built into their platform, right? They had, they, uh, review the people that sign up on the site and before they approve them. So there's some kind of quality control and they, 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 to a degree, they kind of try to, they try to set you up with the best fit, um, jobs, but it's so much junk on both ends that people eventually just give up. Like people pulled up bullshit jobs and they were like asking for ridiculous rates. Like some guy was saying, Hey, I, I want someone to write a book for me. Uh, um, a short story for me. I'll I'll uh I'll pay you point zero 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 one cents per per word, like some ridiculous rate. Another guy was like, Jeez. "Oh, um, I need someone to write for my website um three times a day. I'll I'll, I'll pay you a dollar per article." The fuck? Who's gonna go for that? <laughs> but then he wanted all Someone these credentials on top of it. What's that? Someone with free time. 
some of the things been, that you ahead. can uh, work your way up that online blogging isn't already dead. <laughs> yeah, I, gee, I tell you, that's not even attractive for a kid in high school. Like the things that they wanted in exchange for that position, like all the credentials they expected and all the quality standards they had for what they were paying, it was like it's ridiculous. So, like you know, and, and what I'm trying to get at is there needs to be some more regulation to a degree. You know, and I'm not saying government regulation, but I'm saying like market driven. So like there's a clearer funnel because, you know, you, you be it. Let's say if you were doing graphic design exclusively, you know, you don't want to be stuck in a position where you're spending 90% of your time networking and doing sales, right? Because when do you actually get the work done? And that's the problem a lot of people have in the service industries, you know, and in creative fields. It's just, you're spending so much time negotiating shit, looking for the opportunity, sifting through bullshit, you know, um, postings, and it's just, by the time you actually get to the work, you're, like, fucking spent. Yeah. So, so I, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be, that's going to be the next big thing, the next big trend, because software as a service is big, and, you know, we're seeing a ton of mobile apps now, a lot of social media tools, everybody's trying to find a new silver bullet to promote your brand and, you know, help do reputation management and all that stuff, but... That's going to be the next big trend is kind of like a fair market system for the service industry. Because obviously the service jobs are growing. So what's going to follow behind data? Something to facilitate those connections and, and help it be more manageable. Because it's becoming increasingly tougher just in any industry for hiring managers to make decisions. So what do they do? They do a lot more screening off the top. Keyword-based screening, you know, background-based, trying to do so much automation, right, right off the bat. You know, oh, take this uh, three-hour test, you know, uh, go through this personality assessment. Before you even have a human person pick up your resume and look at your cover letter, like, there's all, all this shit going on. So mm-hmm. I think half of that is to keep the, uh, like, the extended tests and things of that nature is just to see if the people are really interested in the job yeah. or really there. If I'm bringing my ass in front of you for the interview, obviously I'm I'm ready for it. I'm and, interested in it. And it makes sense, right? But you know, cause no one, but the thing is, just like they don't want to have their time wasted, you know, if you're aggressively seeking the perfect job and you're really putting your effort, you're talking about for each lead, you're writing a, uh, a cover letter, you're trying to get a refer- uh, letter recommendation that fits that job, what they're expecting, you know, you're, customi- you're tailoring your resume to match that position and highlight the relevant experience and skills, you know, going through three to five hours of just pre-screening shit, that's it's crazy, man, that's like a job in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, I mean, trying to find a job is a job in itself. No one reads a cover letter. Don't bother with it. Yeah. You'd be surprised. The fact that pe- everybody I thinks that no one reads them, and actually, when you do a cover letter, like, you do get, uh, people tend to remember you a little more. I mean, it depends on the job, too. Well, I mean, that's just like, because, I mean, with a resume, sometimes all they do is just put the resume in the machine. The machine looks for certain keywords, spits out the ones that, that it likes, and then it moves on from there. Yeah, that's it. No, no point in there's no point in putting in the extra effort. You just type in the keywords, or you put them in in white font, so if someone's looking, they don't see it, but it's in there for the robots. Yeah. That trick you know, doesn't work as much as it used to, but yeah, that's funny. I know. It used to work. They used to work pretty well. <laughs> I think, because, I mean, at, at this point, you know, if you had a company that was ran by somebody that was visually impaired, 
and they wanted somebody to, to actually work for them, I think that would be a little bit better because they actually spend the time to read. They have to read it in Braille. So if you could somehow put your resume and submit it in Braille, that means somebody is actually interested in trying to find you. I don't know, just just random thought. I mean, it's sad. It's like, yeah. you, you know. You're hiding, you just, like, Easter eggs and codes, like, encoded me- me- messages. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think that would be more fair. It's like, <laughs> if you had so, because I mean, at the end of the day, I'm saying this. All I'm saying is, if you're gonna try and look for somebody, you need to take the time to do it. Don't just like you've been saying through. Don't just waste their time. Don't have them come in when you already have somebody else selected. Because uh, I'll give you another example. At least uh, with with my job, whenever they put a job up on the internet, you already know it's a sham because they already have somebody selected. They're just doing it legally because they have to do it. Yeah. To say, hey, this job is out there, but it's already taken. But, you know, if it does open up, just try to find somebody to contact about it. We might be able to do the same for you in the, in the future. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much. Good luck in your future endeavors. Yeah. Crazy shit, Crazy man. Shit. Crazy shit. That's corporate for you. Yeah. Everything is corporate. Now, one last thing. On Heroes of the Storm, they're doing the two heads are better than one promo again. If you win two games as Cho or Gal while paired with a player that owns Chugal, You'll unlock the hero for yourself. Yay! So if you don't have him yet, now's your chance to get get him. And our deal that I wanted to share, I don't know if you guys have any, but uh, the Steam Weekend deal, XCOM 2 for twenty three ninety nine. That's the lowest I've ever seen it. I'm still waiting on it to go down even more. It's a really good price. It's a really good game. I hadn't played it, but I know it's a good game. Borderlands 2 Game of the Year Edition is uh, 9 bucks on Steam right now. Ooh, that's I don't know who's game. left. I don't know who's left that hasn't played that game. <laughs> Domino's has a special that's probably going to end on the 19th. Buy one pizza and get the other one free. Um, okay, on Xbox, uh, the deal of the week will go. You got um, Hitman, the first season, the first year, um, for 25 bucks. That's good, too. Yeah, also- I'm- Make sure you snag Evolve, folks. The ultimate edition. Oh, it's finally free? Free. Yeah. It's free oh, this week for, um, for all the monsters and all the um, characters they came out with. Yeah. I was, was awesome. waiting on that for the longest time because they teased it. They showed the other games first, but then they finally... Yes! I'm yeah, because Evolve, that's probably one of my favorite games, but it was not for the price, you know? Especially when you play with like a good group of four. I know I've been saying this for a while. It is amazing. Or like, let's say you have a group of five friends and you rotate who is the monster. That is a great in itself. You know, with Evolve, and I know they're not the same game or maybe even not similar by most standards, but I look at a game like Overwatch. And Blizzard got really lucky, mainly because they're Blizzard. Um, and, and people really, uh, I guess identified with the characters, right? They're memorable characters and they checked off all the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel that Evolve and Overwatch, neither one of those games, uh, should have been a full price game, you know? Cause they really have, uh, almost free to play vibe. Not that they're not worth, I'm not saying they're not quality there, but I think at some point you have to decide, am I going to do microtransactions or am I going to be an off-the-shelf thing? And you can't really do both. And if, if you do, that has to be a really good value proposition and a good balance, you know. Because now oh, you look... Oh, did not. 
yeah. Evolve did that so wrong. They had a yeah. great idea for a game, mm-hmm. and they they fucked themselves into oblivion. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much was it that they had? Uh, $120 worth of DLC right off the bat? On top of yeah, the price exactly. of the game, yeah. Jesus. And it was nothing that added to the game. They were all, like, skins and stuff like that, which... If it's if it's DLC um that you pay for like microtransaction, it should be something that doesn't really add to me. I feel like um I don't know it should like that's a that's the argument that I'm here. Like should it be cosmetic and should you get the content the extra content for free or should it be? Nope. Free? I'm I'm more so the the cosmetic stuff. You should like okay if you want your gun to look different, you know just pay a little bit of money and get you like. You get a certain amount or whatever, but uh, cosmetic stuff was always meant to be unlocked, though. Yeah, no, 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 that's not the world that we live in anymore. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's sad because it's like, well, I'm gonna spend fifty-five dollars. Now, okay, if I'm extremely in love with the game, that's one thing. But other than that, why well, am I gonna spend like uh, twenty-five dollars for a skin pack? Like, perfect example, Ghost Recon Wildlands. They have uh, a color pack. That you can unlock for some of the weapons. Actually, the uh, the paint scheme of the weapons. And I'm sitting here like, okay, so for whatever it is, let's just say fifty nine ninety nine, I can unlock a blue skin, a pink skin, a red skin, and a green skin. Okay. Yeah. You know. No. And here's the other thing too. You gotta you gotta give some people something to work towards. Some kind some something that gives them feedback, gives them a sense of progress, like. Overwatch finally addressed that where they made it so you unlock loot boxes more often, right? And there's more achievements and quests and stuff to keep yourself, keep you engaged. Uh, Evolve kind of liked that. Um, and now you look at Paladins, a lot more people getting invited to play, you know, playing, um, the closed beta. And I'm playing that game like this is a free to play game. And as much as I love Overwatch, this game is so much like Overwatch, and it makes you think, like, why or why are we paying for these games that really should be free to begin with? Because they're going to get us anyway with the money, if, if the game's good enough. The money speaking, of, uh, pa- speaking of Paladins, they did, uh, finally, I think they just released it on PS4, uh, the open beta. The closed beta was a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the betas, probably the closed beta then. It was one yeah, of the betas, the, the closed beta, I think I got in and played, like, like one... Maybe two games of. It's not it's, a bad game, yeah, right? It's over. And it's if you like that kind of game, you're gonna like that game. Yeah. It's it's Lawbreakers. It's Overwatch. It's it's what it is. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. See, I love high res studios. You know, partly because they're a Georgia based company, and you know they're they're cool people. They you know I've said this before. But man, the Paladins really is Overwatch clone. <laughs> It's not, it's not even trying to hide it. The only thing that tries to hide it is the fact that you have horses, you know? But like, every, you know what? every hero in there feels like a hero straight out of Overwatch. Well, at least How it's many? not the actual bootleg version of Overwatch where they just completely ripped off the program. I think it was in Korea. Completely ripped off the game, just changed up some color palettes. That was about it. It was free Overwatch. Well, the thing is, how many, how many games have copied, uh, H1Z1? True. Yeah, that's that's, true. that's the new thing. One company comes out with a new idea or a fresher idea, and everybody copies it. It's like most rap songs. I mean, repetition until works. One yeah, until one person perfects it, and then you move on to something else. Mm-hmm. 
So I think you're seeing with uh, H1Z1 was at least smart enough to evolve into, you had your zombie survival, and then, then it spawned off to King of the Kill, which now King of the Kill will die off as soon as the Battlegrounds is released. But yeah, it's a matter of... <coughs> Sorry. But yeah, it's a matter of these... The, the cycles. Yeah. Something new will come out, everyone will copy it, and then move along. Well, it's alright to follow a trend, right? Identify a, a growth sector and, and model after that. Maybe even have a, a, a homage to it. But to straight up the rip off, like, every character in, in Ballad, and I'm like, oh, this is Widowmaker, this is uh this guy, and this is that guy. And I'm like... Well, oh, the man. problem is, here's what... This is what Blizzard did really well. When they put out Overwatch, all of their characters were the digital equivalent of pants. None of them had a real, tangible depth to them. Yeah. So you can wear them and then project whatever feelings you wanted into the character that you liked, into these very basic archetype characters. Yeah. So now, any game that comes out that uses basic archetypes you're going to see the Overwatch characters in them because they're, for the first six months of the game, bland and one-dimensional. One thing I will say Paladins does differentiate itself with, it is a lot more fast-paced. Like, each round is quick, and each match is done pretty fast. Like, I like that a lot because sometimes when you play Overwatch, as good as the game is, you're like, okay, let's just get this match over with already. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm done. I'm out. Yep. So this man said they're the equivalent of pants. I like it. That's that's some good yeah, hyperbole right there. I will not take credit for coming up with that analogy. That analogy came from I do not remember who at this point, but I saw it on Twitter. This guy was reviewing he his girlfriend made him watch Twilight. Ugh. Oh, poor guy. So that was how he explained the main female character. It's like, this This girl has no personality. She has nothing. She is a flat sheet. She is a pair of pants that you will wear and pretend to be that person. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is a brilliant analogy for something that is that devoid of depth. So which I've is, kept it. Which is interesting, you know, and we'll move on from this because you're making me think, and I know we can talk about this even more, but... That kind of approach is usually reserved for a game that's really immersive. It has like deep layers of gameplay and customization, right? And something where you literally get lost in that role, right? You, you, you become that, that person. So to kind mm-hmm. of, and, and this is probably not the best word, but make an androgynous character so you could just be, make it whatever you want it to be in a game of this type, you know? It's weird. It's weird. Why do you think Call of Duty sells so well? Because the characters are are not memorable? (laughs) Because it's multiplayer, and there's no actual character. It's you. Yeah, that's true. You put yourself into the situation, yeah. But, you know, I would think with Overwatch, there's a bigger opportunity to flesh out the characters. Like, Oh, absolutely there is, but... When they started, they left it as blank and as vague as possible, essentially future-proofing themselves so that everyone coming after them looks like they're copying them way more than they actually are. 
Yeah, mm. I feel you. And they also let the marketplace come up with their own conclusions, because now, apparently, Trace is a lesbian. Cool story. I guess oh, she has been since the beginning. Or has Have she? you not seen the, uh, the fan art that they've made? That came as a shock to no one. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The marketplace made that decision. I don't think Blizzard mm-hmm. had that penciled in, like, okay, this is our lesbian character, alright? This is our transgender character. It was gonna be Winston. <laughs> totally Winston. Be Winston. That was my vote. That was my vote. Is oh, it yeah. a man or a woman? That's for <laughs> you to decide. No, watch out! It's, no. it's Pat! I've been fighting this echo all night. Buy a microphone that doesn't suck. Well, I mean, I've got a baby on the way. I don't have money so, right now. Blue Snooker right. Ball, 50 bucks. I'll see if I can find a cheaper one online right now. Please do. I'd appreciate it much. <laughs> Great. We're going to relate to wrap up anyway. Uh, actually, we won't. It doesn't look like we're going to get to our unicorn poopies t- tonight. But, uh, you know, the category, so everybody pre- prepare themselves. We're going to get, you know, we, we talked about this last week. Best music anywhere, best sci-fi show, fantasy show. There's going to be a lot of show stuff on here and series, Doom. anime. Uh, There's going to be more Doom as far as War Child is concerned. Um, best music is Doom. Movies, comedies, guilty pleasures, all kinds of fun stuff coming up. Um, so we'll get to it eventually, but we're getting to the wrap-up show, folks. This is where we do our little plugs and let you know what we're up to. Don't forget, Horseplay Live is everywhere you can listen to or download awesome podcasts, including allgames.com, Google Play Music, iTunes, Play FM, Stitcher, Cast App, uh, the podcast is on Xbox, uh, TuneIn Radio. We're, we're everywhere. Uh, and make sure you take a, t- you know, a few minutes, a few seconds, you know, thumbs up, favorite, subscribe, share, review, all that good shit, you know, help us get to the top of those, uh, direct researches and all that stuff. So, we actually start appearing above some shows that don't even put out new content anymore. What's up with that, man? <laughs> um, and don't forget to listen to our other podcast, great shows like, yeah, see, you caught that. There you go. Someone caught it. I did. I did. Let me get the job first. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, folks, we have other podcasts, great shows like Gaming Death, uh, Warbound Radio, uh, B-Team Podcast, and, uh, 365 Flicks, Ghostman and Demon Hunter, The Hunnic Outcast, Worst Radio Show, and so much more. And again, congrats to the Gaming Death crew for reaching episode 200. That is a huge feat. I mean, most podcasts don't make it past episode 20, let alone 200. And they're still kick, they're still kicking some ass. Uh, you know, and don't forget we're also on YouTube, youtube.com for such geeky antics. Of course, the Twitch channel, Twitch TV for such geeky antics. We got the podcast uh, feed on the website, geekyantics.net for such podcasts. Yeah, that's all the plugs I'm gonna do tonight. Let's uh, get to everyone else's plugs, starting with Beard and Hat. Where can we find you? And what are you up to when you're not, uh, hanging out with us? You can find me over on, uh, Twitter mostly, Beard and Hat. Come say hi. Just shoot me an at. Say hello. I'm bored most of the time. So nice I stream Monday nights. Please don't. <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer not. <laughs> Every Monday. Monday mm-hmm. Yeah. Monday night, 11 o'clock Eastern. Stream over at beard underscore and underscore hat here on Twitch. Because beard and hat was locked up on Justin TV and I can't get it back. Crazy. So, yeah. And you can find me right now trolling eBay for a better microphone for Warchild. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tuka, how about you? Well, you can find me mainly playing um, on Xbox Live at Tuka44. I try to use my Twitter at Tuka44. And I'm going to be starting posting some stuff on YouTube. 
Aw, snap. Alright, alright. War child, how about you? You can find me stressed out. As well at Is that War Child Games. Uh, hashtag stressed out. Stressed out. Oh, okay. Um dot com might be down for a minute because of uh, financial stuff going on right now. Um but if you want, you can leave me feedback at WarchildGames at gmail.com. There's also Twitter, uh, which is at WarchildGames. And um, what else? That's Facebook, too. Um, if you want to, you can add me on uh, Xbox Live. It's WarchildMKIV. There's spaces between those words. And uh, if you want to help me buy a new mic, just uh, yeah, shoot me that email because... Y'all have got to be tired of hearing me echo. I appreciate it. I know they're tired of hearing me echo, especially a guy with a certain beard and that. Mm, yeah, we'll keep the we'll keep an eye out for some deals, folks. And uh, maybe we'll get a little a little pool going, raise, little raise some money together through crowdfunding. There you go. That's how we're at. Twenty four dollars. That's all we need. There you go. Twenty four dollars right now. We can get this man a microphone. He has headphones. I'm pretty sure that I've got headphones with the microphones in them. That's the sad thing. It's like we get you to this yeah, microphone. Twenty three bucks. Twenty four bucks. Twenty three thirty one. We good. Mm. Free shipping. Free Ooh. shipping. You can't beat that, man. You can't beat that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, you know, with um, War Child, his uh, <laughs> him trying to get things sent to his health is terrible. Oh God! Actually, eBay might be better right now. I don't know. I just it's been a crazy day. I actually had to. It's just been a crazy day. Been a crazy week. I'm. I just. I just want something to to go right. That's all. That's all. We'll see. You know. Right now we we're go. we're biding our time while everybody gets their duckies in a row in a row. You know. And then uh, in a few weeks we'll be in a, we'll all be in a better place. We'll have fresh material for all our friends out there, and it'll be it'll be good. We'll be laughing at all these crazy things going on right now. Including the shingles. Well, until now, hashtag sad war child and hashtag itchy beard and hat. Yeah, it's awful. No, no, I'm better. Hey, I found another uh, another microphone for you. Twenty-seven bucks on Amazon right now. Prime, free shipping. You can get it by Saturday. Look at that. By the way, if anybody needs a corporate shopper, uh, beard's available. You know, he takes only uh ten percent off the top of all the volume that you push through him. <laughs> and there's a uh, five hundred dollar a week retainer on top of that. It's really cheap. At least. At least. Yeah, when it comes in a real nice blue. Oh boy, I might buy this. <laughs> Here, check it out. It's in Discord right now. I'm watching everything you're putting up. Oh, I'm also going to put it in the uh, regular Twitch chat so that the video on demand also has the links in there. Aw, snap. So if, anyone, if anyone feels feels nice, you have to buy that for them. Yeah, we're doing some, some services here for people that are alive. But with that, folks, we're out of here. We'll catch you next week. Everybody say bye. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag sad one child. <laughs> hashtag get war child a mic again. <laughs> hashtag make war child great again. <laughs> make war great again. <laughs> wow. Okay, here's the music. <laughs> <laughs>